Let's Talk with Andrew Love. All right, thank you for tuning in today on Let's Talk About with Andrew. I have a special future co-host, author, producer, television show host, Terry A. O'Neill. Join me today. Welcome, Terry O'Neill, to the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> I am very happy to be here this evening. This is good. Yeah, <laughs> a little nervous. Yeah, it's a little nervous day. Um, I brought her on the show because we have a very special guest, uh, Timothy Savage, with us today. And uh, he is the father of Jocelyn Savage. Make sure I say her name right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, of the R&B star, R. Kelly, who y'all know has been entangled with. And so I bring Timothy on here to talk about the things and the stories that went on behind the scenes that y'all don't know about. <laughs> thank you so much, Timothy, for being with us today. And thank you, well, Andrew, for having me. Uh, I'm excited about tonight. I'm excited about um, the truth being right. told. Okay. We're going to open up about this tragedy and how it has impacted you, Timothy, and, and your family, family's life. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Are you All ready? Right. Yeah, I guess I am. Okay, so let's just start at the beginning. Um, just tell everyone how you and your family came to know um, R. Kelly on a more personal level. How did this all begin? You know, it it really didn't start with Robert. Okay. It started as Jocelyn. Jocelyn is a young lady that was very talented. Even a lot of people didn't know some of the things about uh, my daughter. Uh, she was shy, but when a light switch went on to her to perform in any type of music event, she did what she's supposed to do. And she she held her performance well. Not only that, she had a younger sister that uh, looked up to her, which her younger sister is a YouTube sensation, which is uh, Jalen. Um, both of those sisters was very, very close. And how these young ladies used to perform when we had a clothing store, we had actually two clothing stores here in the Georgia region, not only uh, in Georgia, but uh, previously, me and my wife had always owned multiple businesses. We we had bought one of the restaurants from the Neely family that was on TV before we moved to Atlanta. Mm. Uh, before that, we used to own, I used to own a wheel and tire company and a motorcycle shop. I had on, uh, like I said, two restaurants. One of them uh, we bought from the Neely family. So if anybody knows about what it takes to open up a business, especially like a restaurant, you're looking at 150, oh, yeah. 200K easy. And these monies, I didn't get these monies from a, from a, from a bank. Uh, I didn't get these money from a lender. These monies came from Timothy Savage's pocket. Uh, so when you're talking about doing businesses and doing it 
uh, certain things, you know, two to 300,000 is not pocket change. And it was a never pocket change in the early 2000, uh, 2005, 2004. And also we had owned a, um, a, a weed company in Tennessee also that we had owned as well. <clears throat> so we own multiple, multiple, multiple businesses. And to bring a little light, and I, I like to start from the beginning, so how you can know how all this came about. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a picture, and I don't know if you guys can see that. That picture shows Jocelyn and, and Jalen. There was in front of a, a Mercedes that I had also, and I had a Porsche. And that's the house they lived in, in the mm -hmm. early 2003, 2004, 2001, close okay. to about $300,000 home, real nice home. So these, my daughter didn't come from poverty. Right. Um, so it was never about nothing about, this is a picture of my wife and I when Jocelyn was, um, was born. Aww. So she had just had Jocelyn. And um, this is a picture of John Jalen when she had, jo had Jocelyn and I was there. Um, and uh, as a family, we always uh, had pictures of her, Jocelyn, I, the kids, always. So I've always been in all my kids' life. And this is, of course, a picture of John Jalen and she was modeling uh, previously. Uh, so some things I know, and uh, these things come about because I tell a backstory because a lot of people stated a lot of things about our family just wasn't true. And I always wanted to make things right and tell the truth about everything that we did. I mean, this is a when John Jalen was in high school, we... At a limo, so I dated, been dating Jocelyn since high school. So we've always been wow. close. high school sweethearts, right? Eleventh uh, <laughs> grade. Wow. Um, so when we moved to Georgia, we sold everything we had in Memphis, including the house, because we, the girls, were very, very talented. Uh, so talented they got picked out of a talent show, wow. and the girls end up. Uh, traveling to California with them and they had wanted to agencies want to sign Jalen and Jocelyn to a, a um, to their own talent agency. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we couldn't, it was unaffordable and yeah. unrealistic to move from Memphis to California with the way housing market was and everything. And so we ended up sold all, all everything that we had there in Memphis and we moved into a small two-bedroom apartment so we could make an adjustment for the kids. And we made the adjustment for the kids to so everything was sold, restaurants, everything. So we made adjustments to move to Smyrna, Georgia. Okay. And we stayed in Smyrna. And when we stayed in Smyrna, Jocelyn... Uh, we moved into an apartment first, and Jocelyn was uh, very talented. She still was talented. She had a song called Ragdoll when she was out and she was performing. She all, 
And if you didn't know, Jocelyn performed with um, uh, Jumbo on the track, the yeah. Yin Yang Twins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And me and Jocelyn was always with these girls at all times when they when when Jocelyn when Jocelyn was performing. So you and, moved. Uh, let me just let me just clarify. So you guys packed up and moved so that they could pursue their, their dream. Their dream. Absolutely. Wow. We was okay. very stable, home, businesses, everything. Okay. And to sometime as parents, you've lived more of your life than anything. And you want to make sure your kids have an opportunity yes. what their dreams and wants are. Yes. And um, it wasn't uh, a day that we did not regret coming to Georgia. Mm. So when we got to Georgia, like I said, Jocelyn had worked with plenty of artists. Uh, Jumbo on the track, which wrote the Wobble song, mm-hmm. uh, high-end producers. Uh, so we, we've always been around our girls when they was writing music or doing music. That was their love. Mm-hmm. But also we opened up a clothing store. I was in the automobile industry business for a while. Um, and when we had two clothing stores, my wife asked me to quit and she wanted me to work with her solely in the clothing stores because we went from one store in Buckhead then we went to another store in Old National. And I ran the store in Buckhead because it was more, how can I say, um, snooty or so you can say, or up more different type of uh, clothing. No, National Store had more um, urban wear. And Jocelyn and the girls loved Old National. Um, not just because of the store per se, right? It was because they they helped people uh, that who needed things. And my wife loved to help people in need. She helped people get off the street. She helped women who was prostituting out on Old National. She took people in, got them assistance. Uh, she's done everything. And that was her calling to help women that who was in need in that area. So she liked it over there because she felt she was filling a void at the t- same time, putting, giving clothes to people free mm-hmm. that who needed clothes, that couldn't afford clothes. Um, those are the type of things that we did as a family. Uh, in that area of old national and you know people uh respected us to the fullest but one day and get to the answer to the point i know that um how did we get into this situation of meeting with robert sylvester kelly mm-hmm. and i call him mr Kelly. i always have called him that mm-hmm. uh, kevin giles was r kelly's uh manager road manager but he also managed other artists like frankie beverly mays mm-hmm. he also managed other other artists right but one day a lady came into the show came into the um clothing store and she said oh these girls i she said what is that on so i like that music right and it was jocelyn's um ep ep is a um song where you do a music setting of like three songs and they've been produced, mixed down, everything, right? Right. So she was listening to Jocelyn's EP. She said, oh, I know somebody. 
that can help your daughter get an interest. Well, you know, she's pretty much, you know, moving at her 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 turtle pace. You, you understand? Because she's been performing in at stages and in certain uh, uh, environments. When we before we met Kevin got, we had just got back from Florida from performing on stage with a couple people down there. So she had been moving. So the young lady said, well, I got a good friend of hers, which was her ex-boyfriend. She said it was my ex-boyfriend because she was originally from Chicago and she visited the store four or five times after, you know, she she met the girls the first mm-hmm. time. So she was a, a local person that came into the store that didn't mind supporting the store at the same time. So we built a little trust with her from knowing her coming into the store shopping all the time. Right. So Mm -hmm. she said, I got a friend named Kevin Giles. She came in about three or four times afterwards. I got a friend named Kevin Giles, which was R. Kelly's road manager, but but also a part of Sony. And she said, I'm going to see if I can get him to you know, talk to you and talk to the girls. I said, oh, that'd be nice if you got somebody that's in that environment that will be able to talk with Sony. And I know that he was, you know, R. Kelly's road manager and he did some things for R. Kelly. So that wasn't a problem to my extent at that time. So I said, okay, set the meeting up. So we set the meeting up. Uh, We sent over EP and uh, Kevin Giles got back with us. He said, man, uh, Sony liked it. He said, R. Kelly likes it. I said, oh, you sent it to R. Kelly also. So it wasn't about indirectly meeting R. Kelly, but he when he told and mentioned me that he had sent it to R. Kelly, I said, wow. You know, because R. Kelly was a big producer. Uh, he, he produced a lot of people, you know. And so at that time, he went into uh, saying, man, R. Kelly's going to be here at Funk Fest, and he really would like to meet the girls. When I say girls, I'm talking about Jocelyn and Jalen. I said, well, I don't know, man. He said, but he said he really would like to meet them at the Funk Fest. I said, okay, I, I, I'll make it happen. So I took them to the Funk Fest and it was it was. Late. Let me just ask you one question. You said at first, you said, uh, I don't know. What was the doubt? You had a little bit of doubt. Well, this. it was late night. These okay. are young girls. And yes. I just didn't know about taking them out that late at night. You know, it's a lot of things can happen to any girls at any time. And I'm a firm believer. I've, I've been carjacked. I've been kidnapped. I've been had all these things happen to me. So okay. that's okay. a whole nother story. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm very aware and, and I want to make sure my girls are safe. But he said, he, yeah. he said, man, I, don't worry, Savage. He said, I, I take good care of them. He said, um, I'll meet you at the hotel. And uh, we'll leave from the hotel and we'll go to the Funk Fest. He said, I got tight security. He said, trust me, I got your girls. Don't worry about it. I said, man, I hold you accountable for my my daughters. Let's stay at the hotel in the lobby because we met in the lobby. And uh, it's a big hotel. I can't think of the name. It was about the airport. So okay, the how, was old, how old was Joycelyn and, and your daughter at the time? Joycelyn was... Um, she was, I think she was about 18. She had just turned 18. She was okay. 18, going on 19, something like that, right? And my mm-hmm. other daughter, she was much younger. She's probably like 14, about okay. 14, 15. Okay. And um, because they're about four years apart, about three to four years apart, somewhere along there. Okay. And so they went to the funk fest and they sent me video. 
It's all that. Uh, he got us back behind stage and we see all the people and it's just so much fun. I said, yeah, I, I, that's what I wanted him to do. Take care of you, you know, so you can see a bigger event, a bigger performance than what you normally perform right. on stage at other events. So I, I want you to see a, a bigger crowd and a bigger event. So the, by the time they got ready to go, um, it was probably about three because the, the, the show was over about three something. Right. Mm-hmm. So he called me, he said, well, well, let's get before that. Okay. Jocelyn and Jalen was headed back to the car where the van or whatever they was in. Mm-hmm. And now this is where the predatorial part comes in. Cause this is from my daughter, Jalen, not from me, but these are facts. These are from my daughter. And Jalen was saying that as they was walking back to the car, some young kid about, Jocelyn age, maybe a little bit younger. They, I guess they called him nephew. But the guy walked up to Jocelyn and handed Jocelyn a like a business card, but it had a number on the back, but it didn't have a name listed on it for the number. And he said, Here's my number. Call me. Mm. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And Jalen said, Who is that? Jo- Jocelyn said, I don't know. I, I just got the card. And this boy, he was kind of cute. You know, that's what she said, right? Because mm-hmm. the boy was closer to Jalen's age. He's, he, I mean, Jocelyn's age. He's probably, Jocelyn's about 18 going on 19. So he had to be about at least 20 okay. or somewhere in that frame. Or maybe a little bit older. I'm not for sure. But they call him nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they called him. So when he got in the car, he had asked Jalen and Jocelyn, he said, you got the number, right? She said, what number? How do you know I got a number? He said, yeah, that's R. Kelly's number. Hmm. Now, I want you to hear what I just said to you. These girls did not know about a number. So Hmm. the nephew gave them the number. When he got in the car, he was already in the car. When the girls got in the car, he asked them, did they get a number? Mm. Now, see, you got to follow the trend to know what happened. He was already in on this. So when he gave them the number, he said, did you get the number? She said, yeah, the, the guy gave me the number. She said, no. He said, no, that's R. Kelly's number. And Jalen, he called me and said, you know, I got the girls. And he said, do you want to come pick them up? I said, well, I stayed probably about 45 minutes to an hour away, about three o'clock in the morning. And I said, he said, well, you're probably home. We're going to go to the Waffle House. Anybody knows Georgia, they know he's got a Waffle House, stays over 24 hours. So mm-hmm. when they went to the Waffle House, Jalen told me, I told them they can go because it was early morning. They hadn't ate anything. It was at three o'clock and the Waffle House was still open. So mm-hmm. long as he called me and told me everything was fine, I said, okay. I said, I, I'll come on and pick them up. He said, no, I'm going to take to. I said, these said, that's fine with you. If I take to. I said, yeah, of course. Go ahead, take to the Waffle House. They, they probably want something. Just let me know if I owe you something. So at that time, they went to the Waffle House. He drilled Jalen to ask her, how old are you? And Jalen told him how old he was. He said, oh, he hurried up and sheared away from Jalen and went to Jocelyn and said, Jocelyn, how old are you? 
and she told him that she was 18 or 19 somewhere. I think it's 18, 18 or 19, somewhere in that area. I'm not for sure because I don't have everything in front of me. Mm-hmm. So when he said that, he stuck his vision upon Jocelyn, not Jalen. But Jalen could sing just as uh, better as Jocelyn or whatever, right? Because both of them could perform well. I mean, you had kids out there when Michael Jackson, he was young, he was nine and 10 years old, Usher the same way, 12 and 13, that was performing. Now, to get into that realm, I could get into that with you also. But, um, so they end up, he called me, he said, we're leaving the Waffle House. And it was probably about an hour later. And he said, you want to come pick up some girl? I said, yeah. I said, he said, what are you? I said, they in the back sleep. He in the back seat sleep. I said, all right, just take him back to the hotel. I'm on my way to pick him up. Because it was probably about 5 something or 5.30 when I got there. It was early that morning when I got there. And the girls, woke. they was they were still up. They had fell asleep in the car. But when, when I got there, they was all over the place and he had told me, he said, man, no worries. They're in that room over here. I'm over here. No worries. You ain't got no worries. So when I got there, I met him. He shook my hand. I said, man, how did the girls do? Fine, blah, 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 blah. And uh, then my wife, of course, was with me. And also, the girls was just happy. You know, they were just happy to be in, you know, an environment that they went to a show. And then my daughter, Jalen, said, he's got somebody to know him. I said, who don't you get so you got our Kelly number. I said, give me that number, please. <laughs> I said, okay. I said, how do you get this number? You know, and she now you got to imagine Jocelyn had had this number for at least two hours before I took possession of the number. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she had a cell phone. Okay. So Lord knows I just took the card from her and not knowing that she had some type of communication with Robert during the time that I had the car. Now, we set up a meeting. It was about three or four weeks afterwards, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, we set a meeting up for my wife to meet with R. Kelly and Jocelyn. I still had Jalen and Jory at the house. Of course, we still running business and other stuff, right? So I was like, you know, you can go out there, you're professional, just make sure when you talk to this man, just be professional and, and be about business. I said, but one thing I want you to do is God is telling me that he's going to have on black and white. And I said, when you see him, if he has on black and white, you need to sit there and say, before you say anything or do anything with this man or talk to this man or whatever, right? I need you to take his hands and pray with him. Mm. So they went out there, Jocelyn and Jonjolin. My wife and, and Johnson went out there and they flew out. Cheryl Mack, London on track mom, was his manager. She catered and made sure everything, the driver, the plane tickets, everything was done. So he flew them out there on a, on a this is a business meeting per se, right? So when they got out there, they come and say, yeah, dad, we out here on the West Coast and everything's nice and whatever. The driver picked us up. We went to the airplane. Cheryl has been great. She hasn't talked to Robert at all during this time frame, to my knowledge, because I was back in Georgia. So here we are. Late on that night, R. Kelly performs, and they went to the show. 
Jocelyn and Jonjolin went to the show. So after the show, he ended up meeting with them and he had wanted them to be in a room. Now, in this room, they stayed in the room for about three to four hours with other people was there also, by the way. They was in the room and he talked and he laughed and he, you know, he had, but he did not, he had on black and white. When she called me, she said, I said, did you pray with him? She said, no. I said, why not? Why you didn't do that? I said, you know, sometime God gives me a sign. I just need for you to, you know, follow suit. And God needs for you to be obedient to do that. So she said, I just didn't think about it, you know? I said, well, it's okay. I said, just tell me what happened. So she told me what happened. They stayed in this room for like three to four hours. And um, he was just going over things, telling Jocelyn what she needed to work on. Now, here we are again, telling her what she needs to work on vocally, how she needs to run and exercise, get her stuff up. So when the label and him try to put this music together, she can bring her best to the table. That's what he told them. Okay. So they went back to the room at that time. You know, she was telling me all this because she woke me up. She called me twice, but I didn't answer the phone. So she called me later and then I answered the phone. So that's what he, that's what the conversation was. I said, okay. So I said, when he gets back here, then um, we gonna, you know, uh, go over some things. We go from there. And now things go south. Mm. So how did things go south? You know, because man, it's, it's a lot of background. How did, how did it go south, um, Mr. Tim? Well, how did it go south? Because we're supposed to have a meeting. Scheduled a meeting. R. Kelly did not make the meeting. And Jocelyn was already getting prepared to go to college. Uh, she was in the process of, you know, just going on with her life. And I told her, I said, hey, you've been doing this for a long time, baby girl. And I said, you know, it's, it's just time to put this to the side and finish and get your degree. And then if you want to get out of college and work on this, do it. But right now, I think you need to focus on going to school and, and being a young adult. That's part of going to get a background that where you can uh, fall back on if something happens or get your degree. I said, that's I mean, a lot of people don't believe in that degree these days, but I still have a firm belief. You know, you still have to have have your education to back yes. to back you up. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, that meeting didn't happen, and she's in the process of uh, going to getting ready to go to school and this and that, right? And we, as parents, want to believe that your child is, you know, in the process of wanting to go to school. So I get a phone call. <laughs> it was uh, Jocelyn's actual uh, person who was producing her music. And the guy called me. I said, uh, what's going on here, brother? I see, he said, I got something I want to share with you. I said, what you mean? What you, what you want to share with me? He said, I really don't want to share with you over the phone. Yeah. He says, it's about Jocelyn. I said, my daughter okay? He wow. said, well, yeah I, yeah, I think she's fine. I said, I said, what hell? You I said you like that. I said, hell, well, why are you calling me these? <laughs> you know, if she okay. He said, Well, can you come over here and talk to me and my um Mama and my cousin and, and, and my, uh, you know, family for a minute. 
I said, hell yeah, I'm on my way. And I, I and you know, my wife was sitting on the other couch and I was sitting on this couch. And I said, wow. I said, okay. I said, what these fucks want? What's wrong? What's going on with my daughter? Not knowing was about to hit me in the face. So I get there and I knock on the door. I said, what's up, brother? Tell me what's going on. What's going on with my daughter? You know, I'm thinking that she's been hurt or something had happened to her. Last thing I'm thinking about is R. Kelly, because I, you know. So they, they got this tape recorder and they set this tape recorder in front of me with four people sitting at the table. And I'm like, wow. I said, so why y'all got a tape recorder and you want me to sign some paperwork stating that I can't share this information with nobody and I can't do this? I said, well, hell, I tell you what, give me the, give me the pen. I signed a piece of paper and I can give a fuck about the paper, be honest with you. I said, here, now, tell me what's going on with my daughter. And they played this tape for me. And this tape was a sexual encounter. And by the time I got even 30 seconds or 40 seconds into the tape, I told him, cut that shit off. I said, where's my daughter now? And he said, your daughter is coming back from a trip. I said, so why are y'all telling me this, all this? You should have told me this earlier. I said, we could have been squashed this. And he said, well, we didn't want to tell you, but Jocelyn wanted us to start recording the conversations because she felt that she was had a life or basically in danger or she just didn't feel comfortable. I said, why would she not feel comfortable? Y'all got all this going on. Hell, why y'all come to me now? I said, it doesn't make sense. And they was like, well, the reason why, because the first time she went out and she met Robert, you didn't know about it. We knew about it. And you thought that she was up at GSU going to see a friend up there. And in reality, she was traveling to see R. Kelly about some music. And when she got up there in the room, R. Kelly got through performing. He met her in the room and she had her CD, her producer, and her friends talked her into going by herself. And so when they talked her into going by herself in a state, in a state that she knows no knowledge of, which I was very pissed at them for this. Mm-hmm. She had a CD in her hand. And she didn't have no knowledge of what was finna hit her in the face. Well, rest assured that this man came in the room and told her, oh, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And then they said the police had came up to the room. But for some reason, she told him, she said, no, I'm just here for business. I'm, you know, she was of age, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So they said, okay. And I don't know why a police would go up to the room or whatever. But anyway, When Robert asked her to actually model for him, he said, you know, I understand I got your CD, but I need for you to model, you know, because at the end of the day, you got to have a nice shape and you got to be able to walk the stage. So he asked her to walk for him in the the room or the hotel room, right? So 
she walked and come back. She said, what you think about that? He said, well, you know, I can't really see what your clothes and all that stuff on. Can you take your, your clothes off and you can leave your panties and your, your bra on? And I guess she said, okay. So he told her to model again. When he turned, when she turned around and walked back the other way, he was right there in her face. Mm. And you're when learning all of this. Yeah. You're learning all this through home. The conversation that you're having with home. Uh, okay. That tape they show you. What did they do with that tape? Um, I do not know. It was on a phone. You know, you have your phone. You have a mm -hmm. recorder on the phone. Mm. It was on the phone. I think they they made have sent me some of the pieces, but they didn't send them mm. all. So I end up giving them to some of it to Washington Post, mm. and you can hear it from a story in Washington Post, and you can hear some of these uh, sexual allegations that is in Washington Post, and then I think it hit YouTube or something. The reason I answer, but, I think it's I think it's strange for people to who, who would know to record that that's or Kelly to have them record that that's something they normally do. So I was curious. Well, the reason why she had them recorded because she felt uncomfortable. Okay. And he basically raped her in that that hotel at night. He forced himself upon her, pushed her on the bed, and gave her oral sex. And she told him to stop because when she got back to Georgia, that same day, she felt so afraid. She didn't know what to do. She didn't know how to do it. She didn't know. Come, she when Tom picked her up, she was crying. And, and why Tom do you think she didn't come to to you? Well, because I told her music was over with, and I felt that she needed to move on and try to do something and go to college and and further her degree and try to um it her education and she knew how I felt about her doing music because as a young girl I told I said I always told her I said when you get out of high school all this is going to change you're going to have to end up going to college so if you ain't did what you're supposed to do in the time you're in high school you need to be able to actually to support yourself far as going to get your degree going make sure you have some some type of something to bag up on if something happened to where this music doesn't work. And right, at that plan, time, right, a plan, B, a plan B, a plan B, plan C, plan C, C, D, a e, plan. F, D. right, exactly. Right, right. So, so, so there are people, there are people who believe that you and have said that you gave your daughter, mm -hmm. Joycelyn, to Kelly in exchange for money. Is this true? I'm glad you mentioned that because I've I've said it on the Gail King show. I've said it publicly. I've never, let's repeat this so we can make sure we clear. I've never taken a dime from this man, never given me a dime. People have stated that who uh, may have known me in the past have stated that Kelly bought my Mercedes. I can show you clear title that his name was never on my Mercedes. I've never, he, I've never received nothing from this man but a turmoil, a headache. That's all I've received. 
That's all I received, a headache from him. And that's the saddest situation that I, I've ever been in, you know, for people to lie to say that I received funds from him and which at any time, at all times, I've always had my own monies. As I've stated at the beginning of this, how me and my wife had owned businesses, have always owned uh, a lot of things. And now to make this so clear, I've recently requested that we do a lie detector test between me, Timothy Savage, John Jalen Savage, Jocelyn Savage, and R. Kelly, Robert Sylvester, and Kelly. And mm -hmm. that has not, no one has said, Robert, you can do, and I said I would pay for it. Okay. I don't want, he don't have to pay for anything. I will pay for it. I will fly up there to wherever he's at, Chicago, me and my wife, and I will, we don't have to be in the same room, but we all need to take the lie detector test together. And I have not yet, in the month of March of 2023, got a response. Okay. I got a question to ask you. Why do you think people saying that you did take money um, from R. Kelly? Because, i tell you why. Because you have other people that have been said that he gave them monies. Other parents, other people, other parents that was in Chicago, he said that he gave them monies. So I guess to say this is that Every parent or everybody who has came in contact with Robert has given, have got, has received money from him. And that's so far from the truth. But you have parents that may have done that and probably have did it. Let me ask you, do you think that taking a lie detector test, because who are you trying to, are you trying to clear your name when it comes to that subject in particular? No, I, I'm tired of Kelly. I'm glad you asked that. That was, that was a great uh, question. I am tired of Kelly abusing these victims. You know, in this situ situation, and I can't talk too much about the victims, but I, I'm a stand-up person for women who has been traumatized. And I can't say all of them are victims. I cannot say that. I cannot bag for all of them. But I can tell you, sure you did. Uh, majority of them are. And majority of them are going through hell. And, you know, for him to try to just keep opening up that wound or keep opening up uh, something that where a woman's been victimized by a predator that has been treated like a no less than an ant. I can't even say a dog or ant where you would stomp on the ground and kill an ant and he'd be heartless. That's mm -hmm. how heartless this gentleman is. And he's not a gentleman, but I try to be respectful about the situation. Yeah, I can imagine that it's it's difficult when it comes to your child. Right. You know, and, and you have yeah. to have a cool head in this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing about me. I've always had a cool head. You know, I do have thick skin. But when it comes to my daughter, I am passionate about my kid and I, I want to have some type of relationship with him. Yes. And if I, you know, I, I just want people to, to, to understand that they can't sit here and keep accusing folks 
and allowing this man to be Osama bin Laden. I've said it over and over. He go come out and, and, and do his thing and, and, and go on YouTube and then he'll go hide back in the mountains. It's, it's okay. ridiculous. So how long did it take authorities to actually finally, I don't know how long you can share with the audience, how long it took from this time that you just told us about um, for authorities to take action on the matter? What, what happened next? Well, I'm gonna tell you this. The authorities like a turtle. The authorities <laughs> started back in December of 2016 when they took my wife's phone and they took my phone. And we had to sign off on this, the FBI. And they moved, they came back and said, we believe you, Mr. Savage. And they moved forward from there. Now, when you talk about things like that, you know, you have the networks did not believe. You have the networks did not want to publicize what was right by these victims. And they did not want to come out. We had his lawyers fighting for this uh, not to be public. They was doing everything in their power to try to stop this. And they couldn't stop it. They they shut down a lot of people before it went to BuzzFeed in July the 17th of 27, was it 2019, I think, right? Mm, yeah. 2019, 2017, I'm, I'm sorry. 2017. Okay. And that's when we stood in front of this man's house. We are the only family that stood in front of this man's house because he had multiple houses in Georgia. Not only did he have multiple houses, it was multiple victims here in Georgia. Multiple. And I'm not talking about 10. I'm not talking about 20. Multiple uh, parents that did not come forth, that should have came forth. And multiple parents that need to be prosecuted for this. All right. So when, um, when R. Keller was arrested, was there any sense of relief when he was finally arrested to you, to your new family? No. Why? Because my daughter was not home with me and it was still other victims out there that need the relief. See, you see, people just don't get it. It's kids that was out here that was victimized by this man and the parents didn't do nothing. The parents didn't even speak. The parents didn't even come out. It's parents right now that has not stepped forward to say this man has victimized their child. Do you think it's what, why? I mean, I know you can't necessarily speak for them, but why? Money, Same. all that. Money, okay. Okay, moving forward. So we're here now, as a lot has happened in between um, right. that time and now. Um, and I know. I can only imagine because I'm a mother of three and I know what I would do for my children. Right. I know what I would do for my daughter who's 24 now. Um, there's nothing that I would not do for my child to make sure my child is safe. Absolutely. I will give, a, give my life, okay, Absolutely. for my children, right. um, even as adults. Right. So and I agree with that. 
Yes. So I understand what it is to be a passionate father, a passionate parent about your child. Um, So I can only imagine as a, a passionate, loving parent that's concerned about your child, what what you must have been going through. Um, Can you tell the audience from your deep down in your heart um, how this has affected your home life, your family, your close friends around this time that this was happening um, and he was arrested. You said there was no, you didn't feel a sense of relief from it because your daughter was not home. Um, At that time, did you have support? Did you have did you have a support system? Um, I mean, how did it affect your family? Uh, I, I wanted to thank a lot of people. Uh, I had definitely had uh, support. Uh, mm-hmm. if not, not not truly at first from people that is didn't know me. But of course, I had support from my family because they knew my character and knew my wife's character and how we treated our girls. But... We didn't. We did not have support from the uh, African American community like we wanted to, but that's the reason why we had to protest his concerts to mute R. Kelly. I I was the first parent in the first concert when we did the first mute R. Kelly was in Georgia. The mm. first. Uh, was done right here. And I can rest assured to tell you, I don't know if people just didn't know or they just didn't understand or just wasn't paying attention. But I saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people going to a concert that I had to face, face on and tell them, mute R. Kelly. And the reason why I am saying it, because of my daughter. And when people started to realize what type of person he was, people took action. Uh, you had promoters, first promoter in Memphis, which is my uh, hometown, canceled his first concert, was canceled. Because people in Memphis knew of me. See, I told you, I had multiple businesses there, and I have done a lot of things in Memphis that was great. And people know my character and they knew how me and my wife character was. Uh, And that's where it hit the nail. And that's where people start to understand, you know, the savages won't stop. We won't stop until he's locked up and we still won't stop because my daughter is still being handled right now by enablers as we speak. Still. As he's locked up and people will say, how how is this so? Well, let me explain how it's so. Can he get on YouTube and talk to someone and give them instructions on what he won't done? Yes, he can. He done it. He proved it. So what makes you think he can't make a phone call and talk to his cousin or any of these enablers and give them instructions what he won't done? It ain't about you being in jail. It's about you being respectful to these victims, even being respectful to your own lawyer and not talking. How did this impact you or like outside your home, like 
publicly? You know, when you go out to restaurants, uh, public places, how do people treat you? You have was a good response. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I have had no one to come up to me and say something crazy. I don't know if they think I'm crazy. I don't know if they think I'm, you know, I will go off. I have had nothing but support in that area to say, man, fathers, uh, young ladies, women, uh, everybody that, that you know, that treated to say, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm happy of you. I'm, I'm thankful for you doing that. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you. Uh, those girls went through hell. You know, and most of the time, it's the other culture, which is the Caucasians or, or other races that, you know, said thankful for what I did. Because not, not only was he after African-American young ladies, he was after the other Caucasian women as well. And young girls. Why ain't we hear about that like we hear about the black girls? Well, you heard about it at the end of the last part of the documentary. So let me go back just a, a little bit. So this wasn't the first situation like this that we have heard about um, because there were incidents that happened prior to this, prior mm -hmm. to George Flynn. Um, and all the other victims. But prior prior to that, there were things that had come out and nothing was done about it. Absolutely. So and why do you think this is what prompted um, action? My, my ability not to quit. I know that's right. No matter if it all took my life to that's do right. it. My ability to stand up for these girls and stand up for people's rights. I'm not a Martin Luther King, but I was willing to give my life for it. That's how you get things done, Tim. I'm Great. sorry to interrupt. I try to be quiet most time, but that's the last thing you said. That's that's how you get things done. You got to be consistent and persistent. And I think when the people start noticing, this is my opinion, when it comes to life, you hit them in the pockets. When you shut down concerts, canceling venues, when they hear when you hurt the money and, and and mainstream money, they have to talk about it. Right. I mean, it, it just didn't happen when we did the first uh, mute R. Kelly. These people was we was really we was ready to go to jail. People that was with me, councilmen's was from Georgia, was there. Not only you had regular people, you had people from the council that came out in support to say enough is enough. And these people were ready to go to jail with me. Hmm. Yeah, I see when it's family. When it's family, it's different. Absolutely. It's, it's different when you're serious about something. And Absolutely. It's, so it's I think for about money. Exactly. So when, it, when it comes to um, the entertainment world and when it comes to what we will not, I mean, we, we want to support our children and whatever right. it is they're passionate about. We want to support them. We want to expose them to... Right. Um, like me, my children were involved in arts, literature, culture, sports, music. We traveled. You want to expose them to um, everything positive to help them be, give them options, okay, for mm -hmm. one, but just to help them grow and to be the best 
person they could be in this world and to just live in their passion and purpose. Absolutely. Um, so it's an in, we we know that the inter- entertainment world is 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 tough. Right. And there are and would you say, Andrew? It's a dirty biscuit. We all heard about the casting couches and how, how people get into from music to um to um you know to entertainment. And we've seen this is called casting couch. So this mm-hmm. is really basically no different what R. Kelly is doing. Right. So as parents, what advice in the entertainment industry in particular? Um and, and young people that want to be, you know, they want to be performers, they want to be singers, they want to be uh, even, any, they want to be celebrities. Um, right. What advice do you give to parents who want to support, support their children and achieving those dreams? What, I, what advice, what do you wish you would have? I mean, done differently maybe, I don't know. I, I, I wish there was a Timothy Savage like me before me, mm-hmm. a, a person that would go to every extent to make sure that this is exposed. This was all exposed before Harvey Weinstein and, and people don't know it, but we was fighting way before a lot of Me Too. We was fighting before all this. It just, some reason or another, it just caught wind at the same time, but we're talking about a different culture. So we're talking about African-American young girls. So it takes a little bit longer for it to get to mainstream. But we have been fighting for the longest. So I will suggest, you know, YouTube is definitely a a hot commodity right now that if you want to find out something, it ain't always the truth or the facts. But at the end of the day, it will help guide you in somewhat of who to talk to and who not to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do, so you're saying do your research. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. you you could do your research and still be fooled, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, when when we had the things that happened to my daughter, YouTube was just getting a little bit started. It wasn't popular like it is now. Well, I have a question for you, Tim. Uh, what is your feelings about R. Kelly right now? I pray for him. Mm-hmm. I pray that he comes to know Jesus. I pray that everything the man has done is not always he's at fault. I pray that this man comes to know what he has done to certain people and try to make it right by showing that he's a man of good character and he can allow these victims to heal he can tell the truth and say what what happened instead of being hush mouth in the court I, that gave him every opportunity to come in front of this system that we have what we call the courtroom to speak your truth and nobody's gonna stop you and nobody's gonna mute you from telling the truth and that's what the courts are designed for. And that's what he didn't take advantage of. And he should took every advantage of to expose the people that he thought took advantage of him. And some people did. And some people didn't. So do I like R. Kelly? 
I, I don't dislike him, but I don't like his ways of how he has maneuvered this situation. If he would have maneuvered this situation a little bit better, he may not be in jail for the time that he is requiring right now. But since he wants to be a Frank Sinatra and he done it his way, then I think that's what he need to do his last song and say he done it my way because that's what he's doing right now and not helping these victims heal. Mm. And I know it's it's not the easiest thing to do. Maybe for some people it is, but to right. pray to pray for, and I'm not saying necessarily you're saying he's your enemy, but to pray for our enemy. For a person that who has harmed harmed us. Yes. Right. Absolutely. This is what I pray. <clears throat> this is sincere prayer. I don't know y'all. You know, I'm a little different. Boy, y'all believe a little different. I understand. I pray. This is our pray that he get what he deserves. And right. That's the honest prayer. I mean, you reap what you sow. I pray that mm. he get he reap what he sow. And that's how life feels. There's no easy way around. We all have to pay for our consequence. Now, if 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 he wants to change, that's up to him. But his ego and pride, you know, it's a great fall with ego and pride. And we, you know, we know how they that that ego works. And so personally, do I think he'll change? Probably not. I mean, I mean, what is if you do say whatever, you can't prove it. You can't really prove it, think behind what closed doors, behind bars. You can't really you say lips say anything. But, but people you know, can people can turn around. Yeah, they could turn around. People can turn around. We pray. Absolutely. That that's what yeah. happens. I, 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 People I, can change. I believe. Absolutely. I believe. I, God. I hope for the best I know, one. I know you have a different perspective on that. Right. I know. So we're not going to yes, get to that debate. No, I'm, right. just, I'm just saying it's up to him. You can't make nobody right. change. Right. Personally, right. No, yeah, exactly. That's I don't know if he, if he do, he do. True. But True. I, the way his attitude and far as he went down the rabbit hole, I don't think he would change. I think he would say anything to get out. Well, let's I, hope not. I think so as well. But do I do I hate Mr. Kelly, right? No, right. I do not. Do I dislike it's, what he did? Yes, I dislike what he did. Do I think he's 100% at fault what he did? I think he's 99.9% .9 at fault because it is, it is something that's out there that's not 100% true. And But do I think it's victims? Of course. Do I think all the people are victims? I don't know. I can't say that because I wasn't there. But what I can say is this. You know, you lie on somebody, it's going to come back to haunt you. If you tell the truth on somebody, it's going to be favored with God. Period. I agree with you on that last part. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> so if you, if you could speak to Joycelyn right now, Hmm. What what would you say to your daughter? Wow. Jocelyn, it's been a long time, but it's not the fact that I need you. I love you, but I don't need you. You understand? I care about you. I care about your well-being. And I do love you, but I don't need you. I need God. I need Jesus. I need, that's a need. You are a want. 
your sisters, especially Jalen. She needs you. She wants to have a relationship with you. During this time right now, Jalen really longs to be a sister. A bond between a sister is something unique. Um, it's hard to explain, but a sister's love will always be there. Even though I am a father and I love you dearly, but Jalen truly wants to have a relationship with you. And I, I and, and and I'm saying this to say, baby girl, you do not have to have a relationship with your father. Because I wasn't put on this earth to truly have a relationship with you. I was put on this earth to watch over you and make a wise decision for you and help you. So you don't have to have a relationship with your father, but you need to have a relationship with your mother. You need to have a relationship with your sisters. And I, I'm begging of you to call Jayla. She longs to see you. She longs to hear your voice. She doesn't live with me. She doesn't live in Georgia. She lives in Texas. And if you want to, please reach out to your younger sister and give her that love that she deserves and you deserve. And you need, because at the end of the day, baby girl, I'm not going to always be here. As your father, we must pass on to. And Lord knows we don't know our time or the date or the place when we're going to leave this earth. But rest assured of this, I am a firm believer in Jesus Christ. I am a firm believer that I am a disciple. See, I'm not a religious person per se. When religious means you do something over and over. I am a firm believer and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's a difference. And I hope and pray that you come to have that same relationship with Jesus because you deserve it. Everybody deserves it. Even Robert Sylvester, he does. He deserves it. Because at the end of the day, when you have that relationship, no one can tell you different. And then you'll be guided in the right direction. So to say that I love you, yes. To say, do I have to have a relationship with you? No. To say that you need a relationship with your sister and your mother? Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Because you girls have a bond that never will be unbroken. That's powerful. It is. I didn't know what to say after that. As he said it, we'll, we'll see it. That's, that's from a, a heart of the father. I really, 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 really don't have nothing else to say. <laughs> uh, Mr. Tim, that, that's very powerful and it's, it's very understandable. And I like how you... Um, I like how you put everything in, in, in into one. I like how you you know how you spoke truth on 
with you no know, R. Kelly and about your daughter's situation. Um, and that's very powerful. And um, I don't have any kids, so um I can't share how it is to be a parent. I'm not a parent yet. I know Terry is a parent. Uh I know she probably has the same sentiment about her child, maybe a little different. So you know, um that's more your interior department right there. But you know, I I'm, I'm gonna remind that. you of some, Andrew, and I'm gonna get off this phone, but I'm gonna remind you of something. God told us one time, you know, he promised Moses that he would see the promised land from afar. He Moses was not unhappy that he was seeing it from afar. Same way with Martin Luther King said the exact same words to a degree. We all going to get to that area of where we will see something from afar. But long as we see it from afar, we'll be happy to see it. I understand what that means. Um, yeah, because you know, I've been, I was right with you since day one. When I first reached out to you. Right, and uh, and I I hope that you came on to uh, you know, to uplift community with you know, Janelle Brown. You know, I think that was probably the first interview you did because I did believe in. I was doing interviews and I tried to bring mm-hmm. people on with organic stuff. I know news media is and everything. That's why the reason I reached out to. You. That's why I like doing these interviews because you get stories right. that you won't see on the major networks. You get you hear the backstory because they just want to hear certain things that go put a a market out there a sale. You know. Like right. like we said about our kids, they they wouldn't put that on on on, on lifetime and that like that probably because it's 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 not bashing. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not going, you know, you never see nobody know which is yeah, I don't think you they ain't gonna put that out there because they want y'all to see like an enemy, good and evil type of type of thing, and not straight right. down the middle. And so yeah, um that's 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 very powerful. And I really thank you for sharing that. And I didn't have any more questions. Uh, Terry, did you have any more questions that you wanted to answer real quick? Uh, uh, no, I, I just want to say that I appreciate you coming on and sharing your uh, your side of the story, you and your family, um, your passion, your purpose, and what you desire, and just putting the truth out there as you see it. Um, right. And and I look forward to uh, the audience uh, having an opportunity to hear right. it straight from your mouth so thank you so thank much you. for coming on tonight yeah, we appreciate and, it and i and on this video i also put uh links of if you want people it's okay for people to follow you on instagram and any other platform yeah. facebook reach out to you and talk to you if they want to and yeah. as well and i want to thank all my audience who watching uh you know ain't no <laughs> let's talk about what andrew love uh i want to thank y'all for what for listening to this and watching this as well and um, as y'all probably see this on another platform as well um, that I have on Anchor. So uh, it's called Your Journey. I might post it on Your Journey as well also. So I want to share it on different platforms. And it's okay. Tim, we'll make sure that you will get this court recording before we even post it up. So you get a chance to look in and see what you like. And I, and I want to say, you know, a lot of people have asked me to do interviews. Right. I mean, yes, sir. I've, I've had numerous amount of people. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I wanted to do I ha- I have not done a real like interview, just sit down and talk. I mean, 
done some couple of YouTube things. It wasn't like an interview. Uh, and the reason why I chose your platform and you guys is because, like Andrew said, he's he's been there not to be a one one sided, yeah. But he's been there to see the the truth. Yeah. You know, I never told him that. I didn't want him to. I always told him. I said, never look at me and be one sided. I want you to see the truth of what I bring to the table. And that's how I want you to judge. Yes. And that's the reason why. Yes, absolutely. And and that's what I said, according to what you've done, I I cannot say you've done anything out of the ordinary of a regular father would do for his daughter. Um, Because like I said, I don't have kids. So I can't tell you how you can and can react no one else. Shit as well. I know people on social media been trying to tell you, leave her alone. You too old. She grown. She don't want you. Right. And all this type of nonsense. I, you know, I read on Instagram and they blocked me real quick. I put them in their place because yeah, that's that's let's face it. Um, his main supporters, in my opinion, are the so-called Christian people. Because mm-hmm. what he did was he went to cover his name, in my opinion, um, to use uh, a spiritual type of platform. To, you know, after the first incident, to get in good graces, if people fell in love with them, so right. you know, when people come to religion, it's hard for them to let go of their favorite people they see in their mind well, is a different I, man than what we see. I, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna be done with it. I'm gonna say this and say, mm-hmm. Satan was the minister of music, yes. and God put him in and put him in hell. Mm-hmm. So you imagine. The vocals that you always hear ain't always the best for your ears. And I'm done. Yes, sir. And thank you for coming on. And thank you, Mr. Tim. And thank all you right. uh, also, Ms. Terry O'Neill, for coming on as a special co host. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you for your expertise. Thank you. Thank y'all. All right.